0: What nice. are we talking about?
1: What are we talking about? This fucking haircut of yours? Freaking hydration? TikTok. Did you
0: Let's notice start with fucking TikTok.
2: I noticed anything from what? The TikTok. Oh. I got a lot of people who requested to follow me, but I also don't put <laughs> anything on my... Yeah, yeah. Like, there's nothing that's, gym like, gym-related on my personal uh, account that yeah. I would have added them and they would have gotten benefit out of. It's like me and Adam <laughs> going on vacation.
0: What should they follow? What's like? I should have account?
2: put your kilo I mean they could have followed the crossfit yeah like crossfit kilo
0: what is it though
2: oh god uh the gym cedar falls the gym cedar falls
0: and then what's the quickie one
2: just kilo quickies workouts
0: kilo yep kilo quickies quickies with a k
2: yes
0: kilo quickies
1: Kilo quickies I want to know about all these freaks at your gym and what they do like the I don't like know what that the, means. The regional games people like their training, their habits. Um, their you know lifestyle. we don't have
2: many of them anymore. We okay. it used to be where we had a ton of them, um, and we have some people who still do it. We like I run the competitor class on Thursday nights, um, and we do team-based workouts. We do skill work where, but it's a wide variety of people. Like we have multiple people who can't do a chest bar, so that's what they work on. Or they can't do a pull-up, and that's what they work on, as opposed to like a bar muscle-up or a rig muscle-up. But we do a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Handstand walking and handstand push-ups and rope climbs and like skill-based work, a lot of gymnastic stuff.
1: So are you saying the Cedar Falls doesn't? Because there's still a kilo, wasn't there a kilo team? Yeah, but
2: that's Iowa City and they're a completely different gym now. We Uh, don't really have anything to do with them. Gotcha. We do have two that, so Allie is on the kilo two team. Um, Austin used to be a member of our gym a long time ago. And then he, him and Arment went down to Iowa city and opened that gym and then Austin bought it. So that's completely run by him. He even does his own programming now. Um, Allie is down there on that team and she was a member of ours for a long time, but she moved down to Mount Pleasant with Colt, Colton Mertens. Um, he's the one that's qualified for the games last year. Um, primarily training in our gym all while he was at UNI. And then he moved down to Mount Pleasant and works on his pig farm. Mm-hmm. So he trains in his shed.
3: Got to
0: be a pig farmer. That's a farmer. Yeah. <laughs> it's different. It's different out there. we we talk about yeah. that. Like
3: yeah. you
0: got a lot of, you're surrounded by farmlands. Yep. So you get the college right there. So you're getting a lot of former athletes. Wrestling is huge mm-hmm. in Iowa. So you get yep. a lot of like former wrestlers that are willing to grind and right. like conditioning. And, and so you guys have like a cool, you guys have always for a lot of years you were sending teams was it more Mm. of a team focus and then there were just individuals that
2: yeah i mean team uh it it's a little bit better draw it's a little bit easier draw um it's not quite as intimidating and for a long time the level wasn't as high Now all of that has changed um so it was maybe a little bit easier to be around teammates and be able to make it to regionals um not saying that's the case with the games but um, and then, yeah, if like we had uh, Kyle Flickinger who trained with us for a long time, he was on a team for a couple years. And then there was one year where he qualified as an individual through the open. So he went and did that. And then we filled his spot on the team. Um, so, yeah, we did, geez, I don't know, from 2011 to probably 2017 or 2018 was maybe our last official games team.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's cool when you walk in they have like <clears throat> all the banners set up yeah. and all the pictures and stuff so mm-hmm. it's a motivating environment something to aspire to but, but team were training at your gym or is it, was mm-hmm,
1: it Yes,
2: it was yep, Yeah, but it, it was at our gym yeah we did that we just don't um you know i think crossfit has shifted away uh, from a lot of that yeah. um for many gyms that was kind of our thing for a long time but it was also intimidating for new people to come into and you know, we, wanna, we wanted to start to create an environment where anybody felt comfortable coming into. So sometimes people come in and they look at those posters and they're like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. That's badass. Like, I want to do that. And then some people come in and they're, like, big-eyed looking up. They're like, do I have to do that? Yeah. Like, they don't really understand. So I think the CrossFit, um, just in general, has shifted away from pushing competition quite as much, and our gym has specifically gone away from that trying to benefit our community a little bit more just getting kind of the average joe in who maybe was a little a little too intimidated to Uh start eventually
0: that's the original roots of crossfit was it right and then what was cool about it is it scales up so Mm -hmm. it kind of pressed you a little bit outside your comfort Mm -hmm. zone get more fit um but you guys yeah you you you've taken a little bit of of a turn Mm -hmm. i guess you could say you still offer that but like tell us what what are your guys like programs look like now
2: um in the past they were kind of centered around the team like um armand's programming was usually for the team a lot of the class workouts were um you know you're doing high volume stuff in the fall you're doing a lot of olympic lifting based stuff getting ready for the open and then during the open you'd kind of tailor off a little bit there'd be a lot of high volume gymnastics work things like that um and then during the summer, there'd be more team oriented stuff or things that were previous games workouts or previous regional workouts for all that practice. Um, now it's to the point where you look at something and how can we scale that for a multitude of different people of all different levels? How can we benefit this person just as much as we're benefiting uh, the like the beginner all the way up to the competitor? Um and what do people like? What are they gonna want to come in and do to continue to motivate them to get into a gym setting? You know, obviously it helps our business, but we also want to grow CrossFit in the community. We wanna grow exercise being normal in the mm-hmm. community as much as possible. And you wanna, you wanna help people. I mean, that's why you guys are in this field too. You wanna help them, you wanna make them a little bit stronger or a little bit more confident, um, help with body images and help them lose weight and just be healthier. So that's kind of where our program has shifted. It's maybe not as many of like the four minute, super high intensity Metcons, and it's a 30 minute, maybe more cardio based workout. That's going to keep them well-rounded and keep them safe from injury.
0: It's good to have options. I think what would work about the team is if you're an individual training, it's hard to push yourself to the same Mm -hmm. limits as when you're training with a group of people, holding each other accountable. Mm benefiting from each other's experience. You mm-hmm. know, if someone's experiencing a lot of success, maybe they're recovering better than somebody else. Yeah. People start to behave in the same way. It creates like a good culture for improvement. But
2: Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the things that was so cool about our, it's still so cool about our gym. I mean, you, and that's any CrossFit gym. Everybody always talks about the CrossFit community. You know, you're, you're getting outside of your comfort zone, but so is the person next to you and then you talk about it and that's the whole. Everybody talks about CrossFit all the time. I mean, cause you're doing cool things that hopefully continue to motivate you to, to do those, you know, now our job is to push people outside of their comfort zone a little bit, but not make them so f- terrified or so sore or injured that they can't come back, you know? So you got to find that line of trying to motivate people. And you guys do that every day too. You know, you want to motivate people. You want them to always get back into the gym by challenging them very little, um, but not scare them away at the same time. And I think sometimes with the intensity that we had five, six, seven years ago, I think that scared a lot of people right away. And now we're trying to find something that's a little bit more all-inclusive while still offering the competitive side for the people that want to do that. Right. Um, Armin programs, a competitor doc, and if people want to do that, they can get on that and they have additional workouts and they have additional lifting to do per week if that's what their primary focus and drive might be.
1: So, from my understanding of team workouts, mm-hmm. there were it's like very interval-based. Like one person goes, then the other. Is it, was that be like the same programming at the gym?
2: Uh, no, um, I mean, sometimes. Every yeah. once in a while that used to be. Um, but for the individual, like class workouts, um, sometimes there was team and stuff. I know sometimes on, uh, like on Saturdays, Armin will program um, team-based workouts. And that's just because it's fun.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, you're getting the intervals. So you're getting yeah, the work-to-rest rest ratio. Um, that's not always the case for team workouts. Um, a lot of ones we did at regionals, you had to work for 20 minutes and you did this movement and it was waterfall style where one person goes and then they move on and then the next person starts. Mm, And, um, but yeah, there's a lot of the interval stuff too, Um, and some of them were super short and some of them were a little bit longer. Nothing was like a 30, 40 minute grinder in regionals because nobody wanted to watch that, you know, you gotta have the fan aspect and the performance aspect too. Um. So we used to do that a little bit more in the programming and, and like I said, it's shifted away from that to get people to sweat, to get them to move, to get them to burn some calories and get a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: That's I guess what I was alluding to with the team aspect yeah, yeah. being mm-hmm. positive is cause some of the work is broken up. It's, right. yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. it's not as intimidating <laughs> as like, all right, here's your work for today. Like, yeah. go get it. You know, like you're sharing the, the workload, so to speak. And, that's yeah. why it's
2: definitely yeah less intimidating, but that's why we still program sometimes on Saturdays. People don't love it when we program worm stuff, like the mm-hmm. <laughs> sandbag yeah. stuff. They get, yeah. they get a little scared by that, but yeah, when you can have a partner, as long as it's somebody that you're comfortable with and you trust, like, Hey, are you going to class on Saturday? I'll be your partner for that workout. Like it sounds fun. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. you work hard, but then you also get a built-in rest and yeah, nobody's going to say no to built-in rest. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: right. Definitely. Yeah. So how has the environment changed?
2: Um, you know, I, I think ninety percent of it is is all positive. Like mm-hmm. I said, we're getting more people in the gym now who probably wouldn't have stepped in the doors before because the whole name of CrossFit is starting yeah. to change. It's starting to have a little better positive tone to it. Um, Which is less. funny because
0: you guys did CrossFit for so long, yeah. And now you're saying it's more positive now. Uh, yeah, like you're I mean, into it, and now you're
2: the whole premise of CrossFit has changed over time too. Like you said, when it started, it was compete you know you want as many people in your gym doing the open as you can yeah. and i don't think those things are bad i think there's a place for that um i think in our area um and i think with our goals and the people that we can see every day i don't think that going 100 percent all that route is beneficial to, as beneficial to us as what we've done in the last couple of years we're still following you know overall just the general principles of crossfit but we've tweaked them and tailored them to what we know that our clients our clientele really likes and that they're getting benefit out of i mean we assess that all the time are there is there high injury risk because we've had them doing um too many overhead squats and we have too many people with mobility concerns to do that all right we're going to back off of those we're going to really hammer mobility um and then we'll build back up you know maybe a strength program after that
1: Mm -hmm. but you're gym is called the gym. So it's not technically mm-hmm. like yeah. titled CrossFit.
2: So that's because we have a lot of different, um, kind of moving parts to it. So it's not just CrossFit. That's our primary one. Um, that's our biggest, you know, financial mm-hmm. side to it, but we also have a uh, kilo cardio another program, um, which is a little bit more like an orange theory where heart, where heart rate monitor, you work in certain zones during the workouts, still more of a strength component that I would say that orange theory offers. Um, because we know the benefits of that, but it's a little bit more body weight or dumbbell or kettlebell, no barbell, no pull-up bar. Um, and then we also have XL Sports, which is our strength and conditioning and like agility, speed programs for athletes. Um, we also do nutrition, we also do personal training. So that's why we call it the gym, is because mm-hmm. it encompasses many yeah, more, different things. Yeah. yeah, CrossFit's just our primary one. CrossFit Kilo is kind of one of our side ones. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. So for the heart rate stuff, is that displayed on a screen somewhere?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. So we use a program called self loops. Um, you can either use an Apple watch or people wear a heart rate monitor and it's displayed up on a screen in front of them. And then we give them workouts. Um, you know, you're going to work for three minutes on this machine and you're going to stay at 70% of your max heart rate. You're going to rotate to a different machine. You're going to stay there for seven minutes and you're going to work at, you know, three of those minutes are going to be at 75, one minute at 80, one minute at 85. You're going to go back down to 70, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and then, like I said, we incorporate strength with that too, just because you guys know, and we know the benefits of strength and not solely just rowing, running, biking, ski ergs we have in there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: High intensity. So one of the things with, with the super duper high intensity is like in the industry, that was the direction that it was all heading was Mm -hmm. harder, 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 heavier, harder. And then I think people were starting to realize that that's not sustainable. So Mm -hmm. there were elements that were working for people but a lot of elements that weren't people were you know if you work at that high of an intensity all the time you're going to be forced to be more sedentary during your rest so like finding the balance between the two became important and i think gyms started to embrace that or even you know crossfit gyms Mm -hmm. and and competitor-based gyms like you guys i think having a longer term plan for clients is, is key Mm -hmm. because yeah, for, for general people, a fitness program should have some element of consistency to it. And you know, that's something that, that we experience and try to educate people on is that intensity in increments or the right dosage is super important, you know, as far as getting results. So that's, what's interesting about, you know, maybe your experience with, with, uh, the team training at the high intensity, like, you were at a point in your life where that was your focus, right? Like Mm -hmm. you didn't have a ton of outside things going on where it, it gets complicated. How have you seen some of your competitor, you know, teammates, friends, and you know, even some of the individuals as they've accumulated more responsibility in their life, like what is, what does that start to look like for their fitness program?
2: Yeah. Um, it's definitely changed for all of us over time. Um, which I think is kind of the natural cycle of how it happens. Um, I think you're right i think intensity is a great thing um in doses and make sure it's managed correctly and that's you know why as professionals we're hopefully getting paid to do our jobs um i think a lot of people don't understand that um and being able to recover from that i think is a huge aspect so yeah when we were competitors our primary focus was we were going to train as hard as we could when we had the opportunity and then we were gonna need to sleep and eat well and rest and recover and foam roll and stretch and all this kind of stuff. And that, that's where a lot of our timeline was, uh, was just in recovery. Um, and then yeah, we got a little bit older, and um, a couple of people ended up having kids, and so uh, that wasn't their primary focus. Not that you can't do both, but they chose another route. Um, you know, some of us became gym owners, and our <laughs> and our time just gets used um, differently. Priorities get get different now there are plenty of people who are still able to train at that intensity level um, even though they have families and things like that and that's awesome a majority of us at the gym that's kind of why we um, don't have those as many competitors anymore is because a lot of us that were doing it just found other things that we wanted to focus on that was it for you know five six years and i don't think any of us got out because we were injured or it was just kind of a my time is going to be shifted focusing on something else now um i actually was listening to a podcast the other day um talking about intensity and they were talking about as you get older you get these you know 50 60 year old men and women at the games it's pretty cool that they're doing that stuff right but their time spent training it's going to be intense but they have to spend a lot of time training more in recovery so than a 20 year old athlete you know they can get by maybe not eating as perfectly or um mm-hmm. not sleeping as much when you get to be a 60 or 70 year old or 60 year old athlete at the games like you know you train really hard once a day um and you find your weaknesses that you need to work on you can't train everything all the time because your body's not going to keep up with it and your mind for that matter too yeah so i think intensity definitely has a place um but it's got to be done correctly just the like structure, you structure like, yeah.
0: yeah structure yep. Yep. and that's ultimately what like you said people are paying for is the experience and the the structure and the wisdom and the education to structure a plan yep. that is going to actually work for somebody it's, <laughs> it's easy to put something yeah. on paper but then when you go through it right. and and you mentioned the natural like life cycle of an athlete' I was having that conversation with a guy who played minor league baseball today now he's got kid job his workouts he was kind of celebrating something that he did in his workout he did a 100 pound dumbbell for 20 reps on the goblet squat. And he was pretty happy because the first time he did it, he did 14 and he was, he was taking that win for the day and he's like, yeah, my fitness looks a lot different now. It used to be one rep on the front squat and back squat or five rep max. He's like, now I'm happy (laughs) with a 20 rep max and I can go play with my kid. You know, I'm not so sore that functional. Yeah. When I get home, Mm -hmm. I don't want to work or, you know, do the things I need to do around the house. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, you make those trade-offs and having the wisdom from people that have been through it and correct make those subtle changes can, can definitely make more sense of your fitness program through the course of your life. I think
2: that is, that is currently exactly smack dab where I'm at right now. (laughs) Um, I haven't been competing for the last few years, but I haven't wanted to lose where I've been at. You know, I've wanted to be able to do, I am maybe not doing 10 muscle ups in a row like I used to be able to, but I wanted to be able to still do a decent amount and feel proud of that. And, Um, now that I am pregnant, (laughs) it's, uh, everything looks a little different and it's a struggle at first. And I'm doing strict pull-ups the other day and God, they feel hard when I've gained like seven pounds, but as much as, you know, maybe five, 10% of the time, I want to be back competing where I was. And I want to, you know, be able to hit a back squat PR and a muscle up PR and things like that. I'm also still proud of the fact that I'm going to do strict pull-ups throughout my whole pregnancy. And I'm going to. Um, work out six days a week and do things that are more comfortable, obviously lower intensity and things that are smarter and not going to injure us. <laughs> um, but that's uh, it's a weird turning point when you get to that. Um, it's hard to turn off the competitive side. I don't know that you ever really turn that off. It's just uh, you just transition into finding something that's going to be a lot more manageable and more functional for your lifestyle.
0: Yeah. And that's big, too, because, you know, like. Uh, I find that people that feel unhappy or struggle or beat themselves up mentally, it's like they they have a picture of their fitness in their head, mm-hmm. and then there's like the reality of the situation, and, yeah. and finding some common ground there. You know, like like you said, if I work at a percentage of my maxes of you know, if I get to a high percentage of something I've ever done in my life, it's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm that, I'm good many, that. Yep. that <laughs> much that much older, I have that yep. much more on my plate, and I'm yep. still at a really high yeah. percentage. You know, like. Your sure.
2: goals have to align with reality. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, those are the, the types of people you find to either be successful in a gym or you can continue to motivate and keep them in here versus people who come in and you talk to them in the first time and they're like, well, I want to lose 50 pounds and I want to back squat 400. And you're like, okay, <laughs> you know, now what's your reality? Are How many times a week are you going to be able to get in here? How long? What's your diet like? You start talking to them about that and if their goal and their values and priorities aren't aligning you know that there's going to be some issue there's mm-hmm. going to be concerns
0: yeah uh, i I'm, I'm on the precipice of a good thought with some of this stuff because <laughs> like you, you see it a lot with i think the fitness industry has kind of stabilized a little bit mm-hmm. crossfit came in it was like it was a disruptor it was high intensity it was new it was all these different things and really what you had before it didn't check a lot of the same boxes. Mm -hmm. Like people were doing weightlifting. They were doing high, high intensity cardio intervals that like, you know, it just, it feels good when you get it to hit, right. Or you get the right balance of like, you know, I one rep my deadlift on Monday and then I did all these intervals, you know, on Wednesday, like I feel amazing. Mm -hmm. And then it shifted into that super high intensity. That's where it got a little gray for people and got very competitive and kind of got away from the basics of, of fitness and, uh, yeah. I don't know. Like it, it didn't work as well for people. And right. like you said, it's, it's kind of working its way back into yeah. the, the right mix that blend that, that works for people.
1: Yeah. Functional and longevity. that's what I was.
2: Functionality. Yeah. And yeah. Are you, we don't want you doing CrossFit. Great. You say you do CrossFit, but if you're only going to do it for six months to a year, and then you're going to be burned out of it. I mean, that's not, it's not what any owner wants <laughs> because you yeah. want retention. And you know that's not what you want for the general population. You want them to find something that they can do consistently. Whether that's their consistently is two to three days a week, or somebody else consistently is four to five. Everybody's going to be different, um, and you know you add the intensity part of that too. If somebody's doing seven days a week, their intensity for you know four of those may not be able to be as high, um, and they're going to be focused on other things. But. Yeah. I think everybody's different, but ultimately if you can look at it in terms of functionality and longevity, just like you said, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think that's a pretty good recipe for success, for progress.
0: And people, you know, that I guess what I, where I was going to ultimately wrap that up is that people are experiencing all these different types of fitness or different takes on fitness. And I think you used to have all these loose ends, but everyone's kind of like working towards what works and it's, it's drawing everybody back towards good conditioning. You hear the same messages and themes coming from any successful gym that gets results. It's like consistency, mm-hmm. you know, Community intelligent support, programming. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So however you want to put those pieces together for people, you know, it's like I think everyone's moving back towards yeah. the center of what works and it's it's always reaffirming to hear the same things. And there are still people that are kind of struggling. They wanna they think this is the secret and every, every, <laughs> yeah. every, every, every gym, every trainer is out there marketing their yeah. aspect of it too. So you get the glitzy glamor, but it always is that comes down to the same yeah. key elements. And
2: I completely agree. Like, I think Instagram is, uh, um, notoriously known for that. Everybody on Instagram, like, you see them and they're like, do this really cool move. And there's 8,000 challenging parts to it. And, There's no point, you know, go back to the basics. Just like you said, you need to squat a little bit. You need to deadlift a little bit. You need to get full range of motion on movements. Um, but Instagram is telling me to do this really fun, exciting movement. And that's how trainers are marketing themselves. Now it's they want, if they show that, then maybe somebody's going to pick up and they're going to start following them and then they're going to become Instagram famous and then a famous trainer and all that. But you're right. I mean, I hope that people are going to stick with the basics. You want them to. You have to do these basic things. Mm -hmm. There's no magic pill. There's no magic answer. It's just move your body, take it through a range of motion, however you want to, but you just have, yeah, consistency, accountability with it and programming. I mean, you got to find somebody that you trust that knows what they're talking about. And that's not trying to do something overly fancy and kill you in the process. Right.
1: Yeah, it'd be awful to try to come up with complex exercises oh, it's every exhausting. week. Like that's, <laughs> but it's also coach, not necessary. That's, yeah, that's we not understand that that it's
2: not yeah. necessary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So to even like advertise that, then he's like you just have to keep up with that. Yeah. So that's kinda hard.
2: Yeah, but boring same old stuff isn't yeah. Isn't good for advertising. All right. <laughs> if you
1: get people to buy into that then you'll oh, a client yeah. for a long, yeah. long time.
2: Yep. Yeah, for sure.
0: But yeah, I see I I always feel better about our product when, when our long-term clients are super educated on mm-hmm. and they, they can message almost as well as we can, you know, like they've, they've been around the block. They've tried several things. They've tried the running, they've tried the, they've tried the orange theory they've tried and they see where all the pieces fit mm-hmm. and they know what like a well-rounded exercise plan and you know, wow. how to take care of their own body and mm-hmm. you know,
1: it is cool, like, <coughs> when someone that moved comes back for, like, a drop-in. Or, like, I wish there's gyms like this other places because it's, like, it, what you guys do, you, like, match it to me. But over there, it's just, like, one size fits all. And it definitely doesn't fit, like, everyone's ability level.
0: And so. I think there are, there are a lot of people doing it well. And that's what I was mm-hmm. what was always cool. I mean, like, I, we went to the same grad school. Armin, too, kind came out of the mm-hmm. same. So there's always an intelligent approach to it. But like even how you guys would organize, like how Armin would give three versions of the same workout, mm-hmm. you guys are starting to, you have like a no bar option for people. Like your dad is starting at the gym. It's like that's cool. It's 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 a solution that works for people. Yeah, you're selling solutions as opposed mm-hmm. to just hard shit. That it's a race to who can make shit harder, <laughs> and like people can either hang in there, and you know, right. I don't know. It's it's all just like a marketing blitz. And, yeah.
2: And I think that's another, like we were talking about earlier, where it kind of came from. I think, you know, you'd have maybe the RX option and a scaled option. Well, even now you go to CrossFit for the open and they have like RX, they have intermediate, they have um, all these adaptive, they have teen, they have masters, they Mm -hmm. have master scaled. So, I mean, I think they even see that too, that, yeah, like two isn't going to cut it, you know, an RX level and a scaled level isn't going to cut it. You have people that are just in way more places than that and even when we have an rx gold to scale to no bar we are constantly individually talking to our people and now nah, that's that's probably a little bit too heavy for you on the gold way but silver doing the barbell is not you know not going to get you as much movement and reps and intensity so we're going to have you do this and so yeah we have classes of 20 maybe 25 at the most people but we know these people so well um that we can still keep it fairly individualized even though they're all doing the same workout like hey you're not ready to be on the pull-up bar if you can't do an active shoulder hang we're not putting you up there you're going to do ring rows today you're going to build strength um, if you can do 10 pull-ups um, in a row we'll allow you to start working on chest to bar pull-up um, but even then we have our four levels and then we're constantly talking to people And hey, if weight loss is your goal, maybe we do keep the weight a little bit lighter and we um, keep you breathing, you know, within 80 to 85% of your max heart rate for the next 30 minutes. Uh, If strength is your goal, all right, we're going to push weight a little bit as long as your technique is good. You know, we're not going to have you failing under a barbell in this workout. Um, So yeah, we we try and do our best there to know our clients extremely, extremely well. And even though they're kind of all doing the same thing, we're still tailoring it to Mm -hmm. them how do we make it as individualized for them, even though we're following the CrossFit principles of the larger group environment.
1: So are those benchmarks like listed somewhere of, you, until you do this, then you move on to this, or is it um, more It's like very a conversation? Well known.
2: It's a conversation when we do our foundations classes. Okay. So we do one-on-one intro classes with all new members, anybody to get them into CrossFit, they have to go through that. And Zildjian is our girl that does that right now. She is amazing with that. Um, we take them through each movement. Um, and then it's just always a reminder, like it's on us as coaches. All of our coaches, um, are very well educated in that. Um, and, uh, we have a coaching document where every week the workouts get put in, all the movements are broken down. Here's, you know, a couple things that we've seen as primary concerns with this movement here, um, common cues, and then it's all listed out in there. You know, we're doing pull-ups today. Okay. They can't do this many we're going to have them do this. Uh, a jumping pull-up a banded pull-up a banded strict pull-up a ring row a modified ring row with their feet way back behind so that's all broken down per coach and then it's on our coaches to communicate and really interact with the members to help them reach their goals nice
1: so you have all the regressions and
2: yeah for each movement pretty yep. much yep
0: we do all that back here. (laughs) I was going to say, you guys do it where you
2: literally put it on a sheet of paper. We allow people to make the decisions a little bit more, Mm -hmm. um, but we, hey, we're the, uh, you know, we're the ones with the experience. We're the ones that have been around and guide people. And for the most part, people really listen to us. There's a handful of people that you walk over to in the middle of class and you're like, hey, we need to drop down weight. Like your back is really struggling on those deadlifts and they just shake you off and tell you to go away. But You're going to stay on them and you're going to try and train them to the best of your ability every day, no matter what. Mm -hmm. 95% of our members are amazing and they listen and they, they want our feedback constantly. Nice.
1: Good environment.
2: We try. There's there's always, just like you guys in here, you always try and make it a better environment for your members. Mm -hmm. We do the same thing.
0: It's cool. I told Kurt, we should, like I've, I've been there dozens of times over the years and it's, it is, it's a good environment <clears throat> It'd be worth checking should out actually step
2: into a class sometime when you're there, like actually yeah. just do a CrossFit class. Yeah. It's always good Road to trip. have <laughs> people with, um, experience like that, uh, just overall life, coaching, training, programming experience, do stuff like that. And you want to hear feedback and know what's good and what we can do better in mm. for sure. Tell us when. <laughs> Whenever you're in Cedar falls next time, Kurt. <laughs>
1: no, you were saying that we should go there. Yeah. Check it out.
0: Yeah. It's like the, the, the scale of it, like here, we're just a, or a smaller version, mm-hmm. you know, and like everyone's individualized and mm-hmm. we're almost going reverse. I think maybe we talked about this in the last podcast, like we have enough people getting in great shape that mm-hmm. like we can start maybe considering pairing people together. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's developing into that. We just have so many people that are. I don't know. We try we try to make it as flexible as possible mm-hmm. for people. We have long ninety minute classes. You know, um, individualized workouts. We we make it as flexible as possible so people can get their fitness in. But
2: but I think around here, I think you guys need that. That's what differentiates you guys, right? That's what mm-hmm. sets you above maybe some of the other gyms in our area you know we if people want to crossfit or they want to um lift with a barbell you know we're the primary go-to in cedar falls and i love that we've cornered that market you guys are in a much different position out here where you're gonna you have to differentiate yourselves and i think with your ability to program at such a high level that's what keeps your clients coming in you know and that's what keeps them trusting you and and really enjoying this place yeah. we do that it's just on a yeah just a different level mm-hmm. um but it's whatever's gonna work but yeah. you guys
0: you guys have a similar like uh, i guess philosophy in terms of like the gym gets a lot of use that's mm-hmm. how we are we want mm-hmm. people here we want people getting their fitness in if there's something that we could be doing a little bit better mm-hmm. to make it more feasible for people to get their workouts in that's we're all about it yeah. we try to make it easy for people to get their work done and stay healthy and fit and you know,
3: have fun. I th-
0: think that's important because sometimes you know places are only open from this time mm-hmm. to this time, and you got to do this. And you, like mm-hmm. you guys have a good like flexible. It's like get your work in and yeah, you know, keep, keep doing it. Right. <laughs> make make it easy to do it so you yeah. can keep doing it.
2: Well, accessibility mm-hmm. is just a thing of the world now. Everybody wants convenience and accessibility, and yeah, I think uh, both of our gyms offer kind of the twenty four hour access option where you get a code or a key and can come in and. There are a lot of people who work third shift or second shift and they want to come in at 11 PM. I mean, that sounds terrible to me, but yeah, we want to give them that opportunity that they may not have elsewhere. Um, yeah,
0: Even when we're there like Christmas break, when we're spending time with you guys mm-hmm. out there, it's like, we go super early cause the kids are still sleeping and you know, like stuff like that. It, mm-hmm. it helps Yeah. make it easier, not harder. For sure.
1: Convenience. What else we got? What's your – so you're, you would train six days a week?
2: Um, yeah, when we were doing team training stuff with the intensity of it, usually we would train <coughs> six days a week, and I would – used to take a full day off. I don't anymore because the intensity of my workouts are lower. Um, but the – you know, it always depends on my schedule. Sometimes uh, if I'm coaching volleyball for three days in a weekend, I'll go in and do, like, a really light hotel workout. But, I mean – now it's been about seven days a week, but I do more bodybuilding stuff. Um, I do a, cro- a few CrossFit workouts a week. I've actually enjoyed running lately. So I get up and I just do like walk runs on the treadmill in the morning on Sundays. Um, I more just try and move as much as I can throughout a day. Mm-hmm. Um, Monday through Friday at the gym, that's a little bit more intense. And then Saturday, Sunday I'm still moving. I'm still doing something, but it's just a lot, it's a lot less.
1: Okay, so it's less, yeah. like, structured. It's more like get yeah. some lifting in, get some cardio in.
2: Yep. Um, yeah, the the most recent more body-based pill uh, program that I did I really loved, and it was just something different. It was good for my mind. It was good for my body um, and kind of the perfect time when I found out I was pregnant to just transition because I wasn't always feeling 100%, but I knew I could go down and do some bison tries and mm-hmm. bench press a little bit, and I would still move. I would still walk a little bit and get some steps in a day. And that I'm, I'm good with that now, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a weird transition. It's a hard transition. Like I said, 90% of the time, it's great. It's worked perfect. 10% of the time I'm watching all like the 21 year olds do their thing and make it to regionals and I get a little just FOMO. competitive FOMO. and a little <laughs> FOMO. Yeah. But I, I've been there, done that and oh, I've yeah. enjoyed it. I've had the experience and you know, I'm happy with where I'm at now. Yeah.
0: That's what keeps you maintaining your fitness is the FOMO and the competitiveness (laughs) and you know it's just like just being able to hang in there starts to get yeah it's like you you feel good that you can that I
2: can hang in with some of the young kids sometimes yeah
3: Yeah.
1: but the bodybuilding stuff is nice because it's a I think it's a big mental Mm -hmm. break compared to like Olympic lifting or doing something hard
2: like I came in, Intense. we, Mallory and I came in here this morning and she was like, I got to snatch today. That's on my, pr- I didn't do it yesterday. And I was like, oh, I thought of snatching right terrible. now. Yeah. Like, but I snatched on Thursday and it went great. But I was like, oh, I thought of doing that. Like I just wanted to do some hammy curls and <laughs> yeah. narrow squats today. Pump. And it was, yeah, it was fine. It was great. Yeah,
0: I, I need to do something like, like explosive or like I can't, yeah. I don't know. If I I came in and started doing something to get a pump, (laughs) I'd end up doing something. But the pump stuff gets you in the mood. Or like, I'll come in and yeah. start riding the bike and then yeah. all of a sudden I'm doing like bike sprints or <laughs> like
3: it. it <laughs> I
2: agree with that. Yeah. It's you know, mm-hmm. like, ah, I'm just going to go sit on the assault bike for, you know, 10 minutes and then all of a sudden I'm like, well, I can get 12 calories in that. Well, I got thir- Now I'll get 13 calories in this minute. Yeah. I'm saying. The just competitive start, side yeah. never really, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, exactly. Just start, just start moving and you never know where it's going to lead. And some days you just listen to your body and you're like, all right, buys and tries it is.
0: Yeah.
2: And other days you're like, all right, that ended up being a pretty good workout, but. I always want to leave the gym feeling proud of myself for doing something. Something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And some days, and I know this is the same for a lot of people, like you come in and move and you sweat a little bit, and that's what you could handle that day. And then other days you're like, all right, I feel good. I'm going to push it a little bit. I know my limits. I'm not going to go crazy and hurt myself because I'm going to try and max my back squat, and I haven't done that in five months. You know, but that also goes back to the training thing too. You take it at whatever intensity level that – I'll still get day. caught up. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll still get caught up in the moment. You get a good group, some good music. Yeah. End up doing something. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, oh shit, like, as you're walking out, or if you don't have, if I don't have time for cooldowns, that's yeah. one thing I've gotten back to. Yeah. Like if I don't, but you really, if you didn't have the time to cool down, then you probably shouldn't do something yeah. crazy. that But day. that's
2: it, you know. Yeah. As as we're getting older. We're not getting any younger, unfortunately. As we get older, those become more of a priority. Mm-hmm. You know, I watch Mallory and how good she is with warm ups all the time. She yeah. goes through and See she does. I it. agree. I, can't. I come in, I'm like, I want to do some 10 Men and some wow. knee hugs and ankle pulls and I'm yeah. ready to go. Yeah. But I also know that my body hasn't responded well to that in the past. I need to warm up a little bit better. Um, but you know, it took a long time to get on board with that. But that was part of the intensity thing too. Like, I just want to work. I want to, I want to do something that I'm going to feel proud something, of, and I'm going to sweat, anything, and I'm going to, yeah. yeah. But I also understand the priority and the importance of doing those things.
0: Yeah. That's so. what I like about personal training. It's mm-hmm. like, if you notice something like that, like, man, this girl will do the intricate warm-up mm-hmm. every time. It's like, then you can give them that, and you can watch to see how that the The little pieces add up over time. Or you see somebody that like wants to, you know, they're always skipping their warm up. Like, <laughs> I'll give people like ball slams and you know, like something where they can just start like, yeah, move in their body and kind of get themselves in the flow of it. And you know, like, I, yeah. I pay a lot of attention to little details like that, that.
2: Yeah, I mean, but as a personal trainer, I think you should. Uh, that's what. Yeah, it's what you're getting paid for. That's your job.
0: Yeah, but th- so that have them long. that too with with like how people have experienced different things the the clients that have some self-awareness about their own Mm. fitness and then coming up with a good plan or just, and it's never going to last forever, but like, Hey, for this next three months, Mm. work is terrible. Why don't we just like two days a week of like, let's just come Mm. in here and sweat. And then maybe on your Saturday session where you had a good night's sleep, like we'll fucking push it on Saturdays, you know, and then get, getting people to align for themselves versus you know, like, no, I, I need to be, it's like, no, dude, that doesn't work. have been doing this long enough that you right. see people just get frustrated, yep. fall off, inconsistent. Yep. It's like, it doesn't add up over time to just set up a good plan that aligns with your priorities and your goals. Right. And then it, it's always changing. And that, that, you know, we try, we try to maintain an open conversation for people that.
2: That's the thing is I think communication is really important when it comes to that. Like, you have to be willing to ask the questions, and then they have to be willing to share the other aspects of their lives with you. Like we're not always just trainers; sometimes we're therapists. Like mm-hmm. I can get talked to you all the time about yeah, I've been sleeping, and my daughter's sick, or my I got a new dog, and they're not sleeping, and they need to be up all the time. And you're like, all right, how do we fix that? How do we still make it so you can get in here and get something out of it? But but all of those other aspects of their lives, hundred percent, yeah, still. Are going to dictate success when they're in here. And you need to know it.
1: Do you do a lot of personal training?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Do they end up in groups or? Do uh,
2: you kind of stick with sometimes. It? I mean, I've had personal training clients. Man, I've had a mom and a daughter now for like seven years. <laughs> um, so I. <laughs> She's I'd,
0: pregnant. She does not
2: Well, That's no, strange. it's just, yeah. I'm not deep. feeling coffee right now. I don't drink that. Um, No, so I've had uh, people that have stayed with me. I've had people um, who have come in and then they're like, yeah, I kind of want to try CrossFit or like, yeah, I might come into that like one or two days or I'll do cardio and then I'll train with you two days. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of that's financial, Uh, obviously personal training isn't cheap. Um, And some of it is, you know, when they are in with you for a certain amount of time, they get more comfortable in the gym, they get more comfortable with movements and then yeah, you can send them off into class. But a majority of the people that I've had, um, are continue to be my clients. Some of them are Excel and volleyball kids, so they're not going to go into... Yeah. And they could go into regular Excel classes, but um, they wouldn't go into CrossFit classes.
3: Yeah. Gotcha.
0: I think perfect world, people should do personal training to an extent, mm-hmm. go to group, mm-hmm. and be able to move back and forth as, yeah. as needed.
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely benefits of both. Um, like we talked about earlier, the accountability of you know, being individual with a trainer, that's great. But then you get the motivation of being in a group setting um, and meeting new people and just pushing yourself maybe a little more than what you you would would individual.
0: Our personal, my personal training sessions, I feel because it's like, it's so busy, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. one thing to the next. I'm setting up their next thing. There's no like... (laughs) Like they're, <laughs> they're the rest no periods downtime. are, well, yeah. like, well, I'll give them rest, but yeah. I just feel like their session is like at a pace that maybe they wouldn't normally they wouldn't give themselves,
2: yeah.
0: you know? And yeah. Like, yeah.
2: I agree. There's benefits of both <clears throat> for sure. Um, some people just prefer one over the other. And again, it's whatever they're going to keep doing. Right. Mm-hmm. If you have the financial ability to personal train and you really love to be one-on-one and stick with it, that's yeah. what you're going to do.
0: Yeah.
1: I've found myself having some n- sort of bias when the personal training people go into the group and just like wanting them to succeed, like oh, <laughs> do it <laughs> now that you've kind of like graduated into it. Yeah,
0: they, they feel a sense of they're, they're self-sufficient, mm-hmm. which is awesome. That's, again, long-term in a gym setting. You know, if they're on the road or they eventually get a park district membership, they're self-sufficient. You feel mm-hmm. Everyone can feel good about that. They paid the trainer adequately for the time and attention mm-hmm. for the service. And then like, yeah, it's like, it's like sending your kid off yeah. to school <laughs> and they are, graduated. They're, they're so proud of it and they yeah. should be. It's like mm-hmm. they, they conquered a fear. We get that a lot. Like mm-hmm. the people are a little intimidated. You talked about it, a little intimidated to go into this environment, all this equipment and people, you know, big muscular people mm-hmm. doing crazy shit. And it's like, and you see them mix it up in the group and. They're not self-conscious and not everybody grew up like an athlete getting involved in situations where they were very uncomfortable. And to see them come in and like conquer that it's super rewarding for the trainer too. And Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah.
1: Seeing them do more than they thought they could like the first, first session and just keep progressing is pretty cool. And then like choosing to increase weight versus kind of just staying yeah. keeping it like light, even though <laughs> they know they could go heavier and then they actually do. So it's nice.
2: You know, with the different options that we offer in the gym, we have the ability when they, when somebody comes in for an intro session um, and they sit down and talk to Zildjian usually it's, we have the ability to, they can do personal training, they can do CrossFit, they can do cardio, they can do nutrition. Um, we have the opportunity to push them into different avenues of what we think is gonna benefit them most. Um, I think for a long time it was always people come into our gym they just wanted to do CrossFit, um, but now you sit down and you talk to people and, like I said, they they may want to go to the games as a CrossFit athlete, but they haven't worked out in five years and they need to lose about fifty pounds and, you know, they can't hold themselves in a dead hang position on a yeah. pull up bar so. We need to steer them. Maybe personal training for two months is going to be better for them. They're going to gain the confidence. We're going to be able to keep them as members because they feel more comfortable in the environment Um, or we steer them toward nutrition. Like, hey, we think nutrition is going to be a better focus for you right now.
0: Gives you the opportunity to give them the time and attention. Yes. Send them in the right direction. Answer the questions. Walk them through a training session. Mm. And you also get to see how they recover, too. Like Mm. this is what we did last time you're here now you're presenting worse than last time right. like what let's let's have a conversation about that yep. and when you do like you said like you spend that two months with them all of a sudden you know that person a little bit better be like okay now i think you're ready or maybe right. maybe crossfit's right. not the best fit right. for you you give them the solution that right ultimately is right for them so they're not
1: necessarily coming to sign up for a gym but they, they have some issue that they need help with so if it's nutrition is going to fix it or personal training or group class or cardio so it's like
2: that's part of the podcast i listened to the other day that's 100 percent. you know kind of what we're trying to do um, what we're having zildjian do and and push a little bit is listening to this podcast like you go to a doctor and you don't just think they're not you want them to prescribe you something right i mean Mm -hmm. people come to us and they want our expertise they want our opinion on it now we're still going to get those people that come into a crossfit gym and they're like i want to do crossfit yeah they might not be ready they may have terrible mobility um their nutrition may be god awful and their schedule is terrible and whatever but they that's their decision so we try and push them and then they may still choose the crossfit side i mean people are adults and they're going to make their own decisions but as much as we can give them help and guide them in the right direction that's our job You know, and we didn't do that for a long time. And I think that's something that's really going to start to benefit us, especially retention wise, Mm -hmm. um, and getting more longevity in the gym. If we're going to put them in the right place to start and get them to be successful, but we have to tell them what that is. You know, you don't go to a doctor going, well, I just need this medication. Well, some people do
0: this is what I want you to do, but as I was saying about the information kind of converging is people are hearing the same messages from these successful resources and then they come in slightly more educated. It's not. And then as, as gym owners and trainers, you feel a little bit more secure delivering the right Mm -hmm. message as opposed to the, Oh, you want to do CrossFit? Yeah. Hop in. You know, like, you you don't have to cater as much to what you can kind of like do the, do the right thing, which unfortunately, like (laughs) when you no, when you're trying to build a gym and someone comes in, they go, I want to do CrossFit. Here's my check. You're like, yeah, like, okay, if you're not established, you're like, you take the check right. and they try to do the right things in the class, but ultimately that probably doesn't work out for right. that person because, you know, they wanted to do yeah. it their way and you kind of allowed it, right. so to speak. And, you know, like, I'm, trust me, I'm guilty of it. And you lo- you <laughs> right. look back at clients right. and you're like, fuck. You're like, <laughs> you let them skate on the assessment. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, you know, eight months later, they're fucking hurt from the mm-hmm. six boot camp <laughs> classes they've been right. doing. And, you know, it's like,
2: yep. Yeah. finding the uh the moral <clears throat> value line of
0: <laughs> it aligns for everybody the trainer the gym owner yeah. the yeah 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 exactly so you went from you originally were not going to have a career in fitness i somehow mm-hmm. talked you into it <laughs> <laughs> you did yep shoved you in that general <laughs> direction yep and then now you're like now you're gym owner. Yeah. Take me through that transformation. <laughs> like, did you did you believe in what you were doing at the beginning? Like, you just kind of started. You like what? You know what I mean? Like, what? How did you start? And then tell me about like the evolution. Like, how did you get to the point where like, yeah, I want to do this for a long time, and I want to invest um, more into it from even money, time, energy.
2: The. I think opportunities are hard to turn down. Um, We talked about that earlier. Like, you know, you you think you find the right opportunity and it's, I never wanted to turn an opportunity down. So when I was coming out of grad school and I was applying for coaching jobs, you know, that at the the collegiate level, the division one level, um, a couple opportunities came up and I just, I didn't feel right about them. You presented the opportunity to come here. You're like, Hey, come intern for a month. You know, we'll kind of see how this works out. You know, we'll, we'll do a year. We ended up doing that was kind of like the, the deal. Come out for a year. We'll see how all this works. And it turns out I kind of fell in love with it. Um, I loved being in the environment, seeing people do things that they didn't think they could do. You know, all the, all the typical things that hopefully trainers get into the field. And that's what they love about it. Um, and then, unfortunately, I didn't end up staying here. <laughs> Mainly because of Adam, you can blame him for that turns out I still do turns out we got married we got married and now there's gonna be a third little Timmons, Doors so open. Um, you know that <clears throat> when I went back there that was my thing I told Adam I wanted to find something I loved doing as much as I loved when I was here but I also loved him and I wanted to go back home um, and then it was just little by little like keep keep the door open for opportunities and if if you're excited about them jump on them and Armand was great, just like you were, about always providing an opportunity that we had that we could take. We were either going to be successful or we were going to fall on our face. And I fell on my face multiple times, but it's just, you know, you just kind of keep climbing and then, you know, you get more excited about it. You take on more responsibility and you get more excited to go to work and to be able to help these people. And now all of a sudden I'm building a Kilo Quickies program, an at-home program. Um, And then all of a sudden you're doing this and more and more. And then the opportunity presented itself for myself and Kate and Trav to become owners. Um, Armin and Sarah were, you know, have other things that they wanted to pursue. And so we were going to be the day-to-day people. And I'm just excited about it. And I love what I do. I love working with people. I want to be in a gym. And um, it wasn't, it was just kind of the natural next step because it was my family. It's, but you know, we've talked about this multiple times. You want people who see the gym as your family. You know, it's not just a working environment. I'd never wanted to go to a place where I sat at a desk and then I was so excited to leave by 5 p.m. This it's my family. It's my life. Like I live at the gym sometimes more than I do home. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's just I didn't want to say no to an opportunity. And this is the one that led me in the most successful and the most exciting future. All thanks to you. <laughs> Tip your head.
0: No, uh, Kurt. You, you ever heard of Jordan Peterson? You know? Do you know that name? Mm-hmm. Kurt. Kurt and I like to talk about it. He's he's a clinical psychologist, and he talks about embracing responsibility, and mm-hmm. through responsibility comes purpose. And as a gym owner, you've embraced so many responsibilities, <laughs> and now you've taken on a. I don't know how many clients you have, but now you've taken on so many more responsibilities and there's so much purpose in that. Yeah, And I think people, it's easy to be scared about it or shy away from it or it's not my fucking
3: problem. You know?
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's when you, when you put yourself into that situation. So it's been cool for me to watch from a third party perspective to like you take on responsibility, you have more purpose mm-hmm. and it's, it's asked backwards. Cause I feel like younger, you know, people that are graduating now, they're like, they want to take, or they think that leisure is the way to happiness, you know, like, you know, not right. working. I don't, I don't want to work. Work's I don't bad. want to be stressed. Yeah, Yeah. no, yeah. stress makes you feel alive yeah. and the more responsibility you take on. And that's the rewarding aspect of having kids. Like now you're going to have a kid, you know, like there's, there's a lot.
2: Very terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it well, is it's just buying a gym, <laughs> but the
0: responsibility of it is the, yeah. Purposeful, yeah. like you'll you'll go to bed at night feeling good. Uh, you have purpose, mm-hmm. and like the gratitude of having purpose feels good. Yeah, you know, and like, I mean, that's it's just even as stressful as it can be, and it is. You know, and, like, <laughs> right. You wonder why the it. fuck you're doing it sometimes, <laughs> and <laughs> right. it it you, you'll have purpose, and yeah. I think a lot of people are living their lives looking for some mm-hmm. semblance of purpose, and that's my soliloquy, but but but.
2: you're right. It's it's uncomfortable to want to take on more responsibility because you just get nervous about it. You're like, am I going to fail? Well, maybe, but you're not going to really grow anywhere if you don't. Um, yeah, but the, I think that's a great way to put it. It's just, you take on more responsibility and you're successful with it. And then, yeah, that continues to drive. Okay. I did that. I want to do this. And there's, yeah, there's a lot of purpose and there's excitement about what you're doing because you know that you've been, uh, you've made an impact somewhere else.
3: Yeah.
1: And then you have employees and now you're helping them pay, like yeah, create that's a life. That's a whole, whole different animal. <laughs> for yeah, that's cool. I
0: find that super rewarding. Like, yeah, yeah. seeing Kurt, like Kurt's mm-hmm. success is like, again, like purpose, like mm-hmm. it just makes it's rewarding for me. And now I like, instead but it's of
2: frustrating, right? Cause you feel there's some days where, yeah, you still fail and you feel like, well, how do I, how do I help them? Like, well, all right, they got to help themselves too, but how do I help them? How do I make them become a better trainer or understand? This is all a process of being able to make your 50 grand a year. If that's your goal, right. you know, you gotta start somewhere. Um, but leadership is hard and it's not, a position that everybody wants to be in. Um, it's hard, but it's worth it. Yeah.
0: What's the book? Extreme accountability. Mm-hmm.
2: It's all your fault. Pretty. <laughs> Take
0: responsibility, <laughs> even for things that aren't your fault.
2: <clears throat> but God, isn't that our world? Like everybody does participation trophies and uh, it's, it's not your fault. It's always, it's, it's something else's or you had no control over that. Well, I mean, but it kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> Realistically, you're the one that's in control of your life, and there are a lot of things that you don't want to admit that you can control and that you have to take responsibility over. But if you do, you're a lot more successful. You're a yeah. lot happier.
0: We're, interesting question. So we were talking earlier today. What is your Is your internal dialogue mostly positive, or can you be hard on yourself? And I want to hear your take on that too.
2: I think if I look back to my conversations that I would have with myself in college playing volleyball, I think it was a lot more negative. I think putting myself in the positions of training and failing and training and failing and training, and then, all right, success, and then training and failing. I think you have to switch your mindset if you're going to be any sort of successful in that. Um, I think having people around you, that teach you that though and how to get through it like that's such a big thing that I focus with my 16 year old volleyball girls on that I coach is what went through your head when you made that mistake how do you fix it how do you make it better if you haven't been exposed to people that are talking to you about that then I don't think you maybe or putting yourselves in the situation that forces you to have to adapt to that or you fail then I don't think you're going to necessarily always have positive self-talk I think that's I think negative self-talk is way easier and more common.
3: Yeah.
1: I would say my instinct would be negative. Yeah. So even if it's like pause, like during lifting, it's like if I'm trying to psych myself up, it's it'd be aggressive in like a, more of a negative way than a positive way, I think. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like let's like, go, you fucking idiot. <laughs> do this. It's not I'm going to say like, you don't sprint up pink. to the
2: barbell and you're like, come on, I can yeah. do it. So it's, it's always like... <laughs>
1: I would say more negative.
2: <laughs> I think that's kind of instinctual, yeah. though. I, I don't think until we learn how to fail, you're not going to learn yeah. how to do positive self-talk. So I think, I don't know, it seems like the negative is more instinctual and you have to learn how to how to do positive self-talk. Mm-hmm. Many years and many times of experience.
0: That's my new fascination with people. I is can, like, I like what, that question. Like, what is driving you? Yeah. And so I think for me, this is what i'm introspective about is i'm like 97 percent of 100 is negative <laughs> and that's what drives me and bang. and then the three percent at the end of the day is like well i'll do better tomorrow <laughs> and then it, it's like that's that's my cycle it's yeah. like the the negative is what like motivates me and pushes me well and then
1: it's more of like just you don't want to be a loser type of thing <laughs> i think that's what motivates me is like <laughs> just be better than this don't type of a, thing
0: don't be a piece <laughs>
2: I think, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think about like, as I approach a barbell, like what I'm thinking about, I try and put a singular focus on uh, like a specific movement. So that's why I tell my volleyball kids all the time. When you go back to serve, it's not, oh my God, I missed my last one. Or I'm gonna put this ball on the court. It's I'm gonna contact the perfect part of my hand, Mm -hmm. or I'm gonna make a really short contact. I think that's what I think about when I approach a bar, keep it close or elbows high, or like if I can find one singular focus, but it can't be negative, right? You can't walk up and be like, oh, don't miss it. Or like, I oh, don't let the bar get away from my shins. Like, it has to be, my dad taught me that from, that's a, that's a Kevin thing to teaching me that when I was way young is don't, you can't put it in the positive or the negative sense. Like, you can't tell like, a yeah, kid, don't miss your serve. Cause don't what's the last ne- thing? Don't, don't be negative. Don't be negative. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you have to tell them it in the positive sense yeah. because all they hear after that was, Oh, he said, miss my serve. Like that's yeah. the last thing. So this
0: is what I'm paying attention to is cause <clears throat> you have all these negative thoughts yeah. whizzing past you. Yeah. And for you, it's like, okay, what's the one, one positive, yep. but the negative still exists. Right. Oh, yeah. And the negative can be very motivating yeah. because like to your point, like <laughs> I usually think of like one cube to tell myself
1: to. Yeah.
3: It, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I'm talking about life in general yeah. too. Like uh-huh. your, your alarm's going off. You could snooze it, or that's a great Get example. up, you fucking loser! Like,
2: yeah, like you know you're gonna feel like shit if you don't get up. Just get out of bed. Yeah. yeah,
0: and I don't know, like something about lying to myself with positive- <laughs> positivity. Positivity. <laughs> Sometimes is like, you have to. It feels worse. <laughs> it's like I'll reward myself with positivity once the work is done, like or the yeah. the moment has passed. It's you know, like huh? I don't know. I'm 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 interested. You know, maybe in it's a
3: competitive. <clears> throat> thing,
1: throat> I think that's
2: a great question.
1: Being competitive, even like with yourself of just not wanting to do poorly in something.
2: Yeah. I don't want to be the old woman in the gym that can't do muscle ups anymore, so I'm going to continue. <laughs> that's <laughs> what I mean. The, the negative has. We've,
0: we've yeah. talked about that before. Yeah. The negative has very powerful. Yeah. But then you do have to give yourself some slack at some yeah. point, and like, yeah. have a have a positive.
1: I mean, if you. Like, if it's successful, then you're like, feel good afterwards. It's never like, okay, you asshole, you did it. It's like, dang, you did it.
2: <laughs> nice. You, asshole, you did it. <laughs> yeah, but if you fail, because there's going to be lots of times yeah. when you do, you have to be able to sit and reassess. So I think that's, that's what I see at least a lot from my young volleyball players is they want to just move on from that failure. Like, they don't want to have to deal with it. They don't want to have to move on with it and, and cope with it. But if you don't assess that – then what are you doing to set yourself up to be maybe more positive down the road yeah
0: i have a tough time starting things because of the negative mm-hmm. like i'll i have to wrap my head around something before i'll start it otherwise because the ne- that's yeah. where the negative self-talk is limiting okay. like
2: oh, well then your fuck. mood changes and you're gonna you're fuck <laughs> that up like
0: you're gonna you know like then you're like oh god yeah. you know and sometimes you just have to do it but yeah. I find myself like avoiding something or, you know, like see,
2: I will do that immediately. If there's something that I do not want to do that day that I'm not looking forward to, I get that done and off my plate because what I don't want to happen is that I have to worry about it the rest of the day. I don't want to like, that's why I'd rather work out in the morning. Like I coach in the morning sometimes and then you get it done at seven, eight AM because I don't want to worry about it until 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. Now I don't worry about my workouts anymore. It just is what it is, but I want to get that done immediately. So it's not a concern of mine.
0: Hmm. That's a good strategy. Yeah.
1: Set yourself up for success. Make your life easier. That's a Jordan Peterson thing. It's like, how can you make tomorrow e- like, easier for yourself? Take less off your plate for tomorrow. So if it's like doing the dishes, doing chores or whatever, yeah. to make tomorrow easier, and then you have more time for other stuff.
2: Maybe it is him, because that's like... <laughs> I've told Adam about this before. I do a lot of things to make my life easier. So when I get home at 7.30 at night, I don't have to do the dishes. I don't mm-hmm. have to do my laundry. Yeah, yeah. I will do, all jam-pack the beginning of the day. I know Mallory does this too. <laughs> jam-pack the early morning part of the day. So it makes something easier later. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with, um, there's like two types of tasks that you do in a day that I had read somewhere and I don't remember the names of them, but one of them is a task that you get done and you can check off, and one of them is gonna create more work for yourself. And if you can limit those tasks that are constantly making more work for yourself later down the road, your mm. life becomes a lot more efficient. Like That's you send down an email <laughs> with a bunch of questions, it's gonna give you more work See, down yeah, the road.
0: I, I live in that world. Yeah, I'm Like I, th- I mean, it's
2: inevitable, right? Everybody's gonna be there, but if I can do things that simplify my lifestyle throughout the day, I'll do them all day.
1: Sounds like you. For the most part, just like eliminate decisions, type of thing. Yeah. Meal prep.
2: Yep.
3: Yeah.
2: I like to grind some it out. Some sort of organization. <laughs> <laughs> but grind, some people kind of like day. that challenge. Later, like you're like, all right, now, now I want to see how much I can get done. Like, let's, this is a little challenge to it. <laughs> I don't Last like that.
1: <laughs> it's like, how much can I relax today? That's yeah. ideal. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I create emergency situations
2: yeah. in my life. Can I get all this done and get a twenty-minute nap in later? (laughs) Saving grace. (laughs) Interesting.
1: But when you fail, are you negative? Because there's some times people like fail a lift and they like, they're like angry. Yeah. You are.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say you yell when you (laughs) fail a lift.
0: Yeah, I kicked a hole in the wall one time.
2: (laughs) I mean, I have before, but not often. I usually have to just take like a big deep breath and relax.
0: Usually what frustrates you, though, like, that time that I kicked the hole in the wall. I was mad at myself for yeah. other reasons other than missing the lift. Hmm. It was the things that I didn't do leading up to it huh. that I knew I should have done. And I was telling myself I should have done it. <laughs> and I didn't. And I still, for some reason, thought that I should yeah. be able to do what I wanted to do. And
2: That's probably true.
0: I was upset with myself. I just sleep. told
2: myself to high <laughs> pull and fucking high pull. Yeah.
0: It was, uh, we had a lot of people here, like, lifting. And I spent so much time like m- in my gym owner responsibility, like making sure everybody was okay. Mm. And I was like overkilling it. I should have just gotten involved and started lifting. And then I waited way too long. Everybody started leaving. I was like exhausted <laughs> and I'm like, I should have fucking started earlier. Mm. And then by the time I got heavy, like everyone was gone. There's one dude left. And I was just like, I thought it, in my head, I had it built up that it was going to be a great lifting day. I was going to fucking try a PR yeah. and I missed it and then I just. Chick the hole in the wall.
2: As <laughs> terrible as this sounds, that I had to fix. <laughs> you had to fix that, yeah. As terrible <clears throat> as this sounds, I think, especially nowadays, my expectations are lower. Like so, the other day I was snatching, and I was like, oh, I haven't done this in a long time. We'll see. Maybe I'll hit this, and then I was a little bit heavier, and I'm like, all right, that's a good day.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Maybe it's it's probably a coping mechanism. Like set my expectations low, and then be pleasantly surprised. As opposed to like really high expectations, and then you're just mad when you get done. Yeah, living
1: you know, in Right. Yeah. <laughs> what? I'll surprise myself. Like expect I can't do you're so much. You're good about yeah. that. Yeah,
0: you're yeah. pretty good. I don't
1: usually freak out.
0: I was good today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with your
1: thruster. Yeah. Cluster. Cluster. Ooh. It's
0: like a high percentage of my. I had a good plan. I was gonna go heavy at something, and mm. then started doing clusters, and got to like high percentage of what i've ever done.
2: See, i don't know how you do that. I have to I have to have a plan. Like we no, were I, on our way over. I was going to work clean.
0: My my pl- I was okay. going to warm up with clusters something, yeah. And then transition into heavy yeah. cleans. And the clusters were going well, so i just went with it and yeah. then did a heavy one. I didn't go stupid heavy. But it was like a high percentage of my best ever and mm-hmm. i felt good about it.
1: Well, that's usually yeah, there you like go. a good session is you don't have any expectations going into it. So then when you don't do something then it's not yeah. Like a f- failure. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I got to have a plan. I don't like not having a plan. I'm gonna of do what this, to do this, or what to... This, what to do. Numbers. Yeah, um, Numbers, I, I get in my head, but again, usually I yeah. set those a little lower and then I'm like pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. But no, like every workout is like planned out. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. And like, I try to stay efficient with it. Not that you can always be, but...
0: There's a guy that's been like... Tim is very into auto-regulation for himself, okay. and then there's a guy that's been coming in who's a, he's a doctor, he's a very busy dude, and he comes in, I think I was telling you about yeah. him, and he comes in, and he kind of looks at me, and he has a general idea of like the movement he wants to do, yeah. and then I kind of like, as I'm watching Diated. him, I give him a little bit of, push him in a direction, it's total auto-regulation, it's yeah. kind of fun, and so I've kind of been training like that, like, I have a couple days, and then my Saturday is usually heavy, because like, Kurt's in here, good environment, yeah. And that's the day where I like clean. I I don't snatch as much anymore. My yeah. just mobility wise, it's yeah. like I it's a lot to work towards. So then I come in with the idea of like I'm gonna clean and then see where it takes me. Huh. So it's like start with the cluster. Felt good. Have a rough plan. Some heavy clean yeah. poles. an outline bike intervals. Huh. Felt good. Felt
2: I think I would happy from the competing days. I always wanted to know what we were doing, and that's. It's the part of CrossFit, right? It's constantly varied. It's like you never really knew what you were doing at regionals all the time. And so when I could, as much as I could, I wanted to control what I could control with it. So a lot of times you don't know the workouts or the movements or the order or all this. And then you get really excited when you'd find out like a week before regionals. Like you'd be able to break everything down and practice it. So I would always look at the workouts like the night before and kind of have it in my head like a plan because you're always trying to fight for the best score that you could because you're trying to make a team, right? So I always wanted to have a plan as, as much as I could and get that control when I – because I didn't have it all the time. So now I think I just want the control of it, <laughs> of knowing what my plan is going to be. Hmm. I don't wing things very well, I don't think, in life. you <laughs> <laughs> got a plan. Yeah. I like to be planned and That's why you're good with nutrition, though. That's
0: why you're good with nutrition. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I love the planning part of that. Like, this is what I'm going to eat every day. I'm completely fine eating the same thing every day because I know that I'm going to feel consistent and I, yeah, that's my control over it.
0: And that's where the yeah. all or nothing gets yeah. you in yeah. trouble. Like, that's me. Like, I'll yeah. go all or nothing. I'll do nutrition, diet hard, yeah. plan. Yeah. And then I just, like, get bored of it and then I go back to my random, random ideas. Hmm. <laughs>
1: I think it's easy. The uh, lack of decision when eating makes life easier for me, at least. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: I Just knowing where agree. stuff is
1: coming from. Yeah. When it, when you, you'll eat where, you know, what it's uh, going to be.
2: Yeah. I talk to people about that a lot. Like, in in the world, it's, uh, you shouldn't think about food all the time, or you don't want to think about food all the time, because then you're going to eat, and then you're going to consume your calories. But... Uh, like, even today, we went to the soccer game. I'm like, I don't know if we're going home in between. I need my snacks, so I have a bag in the car. It's got apple and a protein bar, just in case. And then, yeah, I knew, I asked Mallory what we were doing for dinner tonight. Like, I always want to know where my next meal is coming General from idea. and what it is. Yeah. And obviously, that's not always way. That's life. smart like, from an evolutionary perspective. But I <laughs> always, start planning always your next meal. <laughs> have snacks with me.
1: What's one, your – so what type of protein bar?
2: Mm, it's like a special K-1 in there right okay. now, but um, – I actually started eating one bars that are really good. okay. We have level one bars at the gym that are my all-time favorite. Level one. Level one is what they're called, yeah. It's, uh, finding a good protein bar is hard because it's either going to be really high in fat or really high in sugar, and, like, I can't, sugar alcohols upset (coughs) my stomach, high fat upsets my stomach, so I don't eat, I eat maybe two protein bars a week, maybe three, but it's my snack if, yeah, we're on the go Mm -hmm. and I don't have anything else. Yeah. It's a good option
3: what's
0: the lowest you got your body fat on the in body i remember you told me actually it was like over weirdly Christmas.
2: enough i did it in february just kind of out of nowhere found out i was pregnant in january so I was a couple months along i did it in february and i was 8.6 on our like new in body scale
0: all the fucking trolls out there will say it's hey, <laughs> not he yeah. he put up a post of like seven percent or something no, it was yeah. eight, six fucking dudes coming out of the woodwork like hey he's not eight yeah, those in body results are blah, I blah, okay. blah, blah.
3: you took more offense to it i think <laughs> <laughs> just
0: fucking idiots like yeah no and then too mallory will back it up with the calipers too and like, yeah. i feel like
1: calipers yeah. might be better
0: like the dude's got spiderweb veins in his fucking chest <laughs> like i think he's pretty he posted lean posted a
2: picture today go check it out yeah he's, i think he's, he's pretty feiny. fucking lean yeah. and then too you
0: too like you're yeah. pretty fucking lean like yeah. so yeah. any idiot that wants to the- yeah
2: I right. mean, there's what... In body, what is it? It's a 2 two, two to 3% three three. error. I think so. Um, but unless you do, what, underwater weighing? Like, calipers have... 3% error, like unless you're doing underwater weighing or maybe the bod pod.
0: Underwater weighing gets messed up too. Cause yeah. The
2: well, because if you can't exhale, a digital all scale
0: error, or yeah. you can't exhale. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Dex, uh, but then it's like, Dex's it has good. to be consistent, like yeah. all the same circumstances yeah. before.
2: So yeah. If any of those trolls want to find something that's better than a two to 3% error, you can feel free. You go right ahead. Yeah. But I mean, the most important thing is consistency, right? Yeah. You weigh yourself the same time, um, of day you can't eat her on those you can't like eat her exercise before right. um, and you get a general like i think you showed on instagram it was like a general trend of what oh, had yeah. been happening um and that makes a big difference you know there's gonna be times where it's off mm-hmm. maybe a little bit but
0: there's a lot of haters that's tiktok so kurt posted some videos from your last mm-hmm. podcast on tiktok up to like some, the one has like more, over a million views. Yeah, and just people with fucking comments and like so, some are yeah, productive yeah. and asking legitimate yeah. questions, and but then other people some I swear are, well, it's
2: duh, like that's not rocket science. Yeah. I wasn't trying to it, present it <laughs> rocket science. Like we we're just having a conversation. Yeah, yeah. it's a clip. Like if you're gonna hate, fine, do it, but just do it behind. Like why do you have to put it on social media? Yeah, trolls. and trolls. Yeah, that's. A I mean, bots. I think it helps either
1: way if someone comments. Yeah, it
2: drives more. Use. <laughs> Bring it on. Hate all you want.
0: Yeah, but to my point, like, you guys are both very fucking lean, and you both say the same things. Yeah. And it's, you know, I don't know. People want to get caught up in, like, the nuance of, That's what kind same. of protein bar does she eat? Like, <laughs> like, what kind of – And Well,
2: hmm. I've had people, like, oh, I just want to eat exactly like you. Like, what, what are you eating? People ask me that all the time. What are you eating now? Yeah. Like, this is what works for me. Yeah. Like, right. you are – 115 pounds and you work out twice a week, like this is me. That's not going to be you.
0: Do you get like, all crazy with like, like uh how some people with like food additives and like all that kind of shit? And like,
2: No, I mean, I try and just keep things as whole and fresh as possible. Right. Like,
0: but you eat some like fucking chips and oh, you're not God, like, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But that's
2: what everybody says. They walk up. there like, you, you don't eat cookies. Right. You kidding me? I had a box of donuts terrible last lifestyle. weekend. <laughs> that's that healthy.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously do you got pregnant. You know,
2: yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's always people that ask that, like, well, you don't eat cookies or you don't eat that. I'm like, yeah, actually, I really love those. I just choose not to eat them all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's I, not an everyday food yeah. for me. It's uh, right, this guy
1: gonna fucking
0: loves candy. I do love. You can candy. Bribe them with candy. Yeah, sugar. But I if we didn't everybody. have
2: that, like, if you didn't have candy every once in a while, if I didn't have little mini donut holes every once in a while, like
0: go crazy. Yeah, <laughs> and
2: I'm. It's not sustainable though. <clears throat> now, if you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to lose. 50 pounds, you got to be a little bit more structured and rigid for a while because you can't go off the deep end on a Saturday and consume 4,000 calories and then expect to be in a deficit from the week. Yeah. But when you're in maintenance, I mean, it's just, it's, you can eat some chips every once in a while and it's okay. But it's every once in a while. Mallory yeah. calls them sometimes food. I love that. It's a sometimes food, it's not an everyday food.
1: Definitely. As long as, like, the percentage of like what you're doing is right most of the time, then yeah. that.
2: Yeah. Well, I protein, I, for you too, is protein is a primary focus. Every yeah. meal, every snack, it's protein first. And then I'll eat other stuff. But there's still a lot of whole foods mm-hmm. veggies, fruit. But then there's plenty of other stuff, too. I don't want to drink calories very often. I yeah. avoid, but I also don't really like beer and liquor and that kind of stuff. So that's not a big deal. Some people that's their that's yeah. their vice. is popcorn at the end of the night. I've been <laughs> eating more popcorn. Yeah.
0: It's good yeah, you crunch, eat a, a low cal. Crunch a little salt of it. <laughs> I can eat a lot of
1: it, yeah. No. And it's technically pretty low calorie, yeah. like for the uh, for the volume.
2: And you get some fiber. Yeah, fills you up.
1: I think protein or uh, popcorn. That's a good like just strategy wise like volume eating versus. Mm-hmm. Then you kind of don't have to focus too much on like counting calories. Mm. Or like weighing everything.
2: Do you weigh all your food? No,
1: Sometimes, either. like, I have, but it's just to, like, get an idea of, like, what mm-hmm. a certain amount looks like.
3: Yeah,
1: So like.
2: Yeah, I agree. Just to know, like, like what exactly five ounces yeah. of chicken breast looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've done it before, but, yeah, I don't do it
1: or if, like, often. If I have this bowl that I always use, like, what level is, like, a serving yeah. type of thing? yeah. But not all the time.
2: Have you ever weighed food? Counting yeah. calories. Physically like that? weighed. Yeah. No. Yeah.
0: I don't know if you need to. Like, there are some people that'll swear like you gotta yeah. weigh it. You gotta right. go off the weight of it. I, don't know. I
2: agree. I, it depends how accurate you think you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always like I've worked with a couple people where I've recommended getting a food scale just because I know that they think that they're eating a. a cup of grapes and they're eating yeah, it may not be grape. They're not yeah. eating that probably if I'm working <laughs> with them with nutrition, but they think they're eating that and it's actually much more. Yeah, so it's right. just more of a realistic thing. Do this for a couple of weeks, get an idea of where you're actually at because I don't think they're realistic with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that it's necessary for weight loss by any means. I
0: find what I find is I find people are way more sedentary than they give themselves credit for. They come into the gym. Yeah. Yes. Maybe twice a week. So 60 to 90 right. minutes but like <clears throat> they're so sedentary
3: yeah,
0: and they don't Eat, take that into account. And then even like. I think like some of the caloric estimates for some people, years of dieting, um, I think people yeah. have damaged their metabolism. 100%. There's some guys doing some newer research. I think we talked about it on one of the last podcasts doing some newer research about metabolic adaptation mm-hmm. that like poor eating habits, under eating for long extended periods of time, over exercising, your metabolism can really get kind yeah. of fucked up.
3: Yeah.
0: And, a lot of the caloric intake estimates are based on healthy metabolisms yeah, like right. you know like so this guy was trying to do like calorimeter like actual measurements oh like for 24 hours of people that have like adjusted their metabolism negatively right right so like if you're sedentary and you really damage yeah. your metabolism it's it's something that i'm paying a little closer attention to because you hear that i don't know if you guys get that too but I'm eating 1,200 sedentary. calories. I can't. I can't lose weight. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you're. There's right. There's something a, wrong. with the Yeah, something's going on. That yeah. yeah. If it uh, really talk, is 1,200
1: calories. That
2: that very like that's very true. That's very true. Yeah. Right. The sedentary thing, I think, is is incredible. Like, uh, I, I give Adam crap for this all the time. He comes home, and there'd be days where he had like 2,000 steps at work, and then for. I told him that he could get a new TV for our basement if he took 10,000 steps every day in February of like 2021 and he lost like 12 pounds. I mean, it was ridiculous just because all he was doing was moving more. He went and walked on his lunch break and it's not warm outside. So we don't, when did it inside, but it's incredible when he just started moving a little bit more and he still, he did it again this year because he understands he feels a lot better. His back doesn't hurt as much. His knees don't hurt and he loses weight. I mean, and then little things like, Hey, I'm taking care of myself this way. I'm going to not eat a whole loaf of bread this week. Like you just little things like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think, uh, when we started kind of pushing people like, great, you're coming in here and you're working out for an hour. What are you doing the rest of the day? Right. And what are you doing for how many hours a week? Like just get up and move.
0: That's back to the intensity. That was me too. Like I had gotten strong. I was very athletic and I liked doing explosive stuff. I'd be sedentary all day. (laughs) I would do something crazy, explosive and not make time for additional, you know, and then, yeah, it's a recipe for
2: disaster. I think there's a, there's a big aspect to that. And if it's people who are at 4,000 steps a day right now, like shoot for six, shoot for seven, I do, I think 10 is good. I think it can be average, but I think that's really hard for some people coming off of 2000 a day, but there's no reason why it can't be done. There's time. There's always, yeah. There's always time.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I've condensed my conditioning to two days a week of, mm-hmm. like, 60 minutes of as much as I can get done. Mm-hmm. And then I'm at I'm, very high, right. like, work to rest. So that's kind of how I equate or, like, control yeah. the intensity. I don't do anything, like, overly hard. But then you're
2: just aware of general movement the rest of the day. you're not sitting around a lot and we have jobs that we don't sit around a lot I mean in our gym we have 11,000 square feet so I'm constantly walking here to here to here and I can average 15,000 steps a day You know, as long as you're just aware of I need Mm -hmm. to be sitting, standing or uh, like standing and moving as much as possible then it's going to help it's not going to (laughs) hurt you're going to have less back pain
1: yeah lifestyle Mm -hmm. lifestyle no. All right. This is controversial, but how many games slash high-level CrossFit people you think are on stuff? Some people think
3: a lot are. I don't know. <clears throat> You've um, seen, like, I think
2: there's definitely some. Yeah. 100% there's some. I think you can get really good just like any sport at cycling on and off and knowing when you can and can't. I mean... I know Colt Mertens who has trained at our gym for a long time. I know he's definitely not on anything mm-hmm. and he is, he's a freak. He's getting better and better all the time. So I, I know that it's possible. Um, I don't know. I don't know what percentage I'd even guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Lower I, than people I, uh, think.
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, but maybe that's just me hoping I hope for the sport that it's lower than people think. Yeah. Um, I would say there's probably more guys than girls but with us like i said it was going in the direction where everybody wanted to compete so i think it was getting probably more and more popular and now it's to the fact that we're like you're just mainly your high level people you're not getting as many like middle ground people who are trying to compete and get to the games mm-hmm. and trying to reach a level that maybe they're not genetically predisposed for
0: um People don't generally understand the level of misery though. Like when you were, when you were training, <laughs> yeah. when you were training yeah. to, to be on the team, like you were fucking miserable. That, it's I,
2: like, uh, yeah. And that was it. That was the, that was the focus, you know, yeah, that was it. A, there wasn't a lot of grinding. Else. Yeah.
0: It's not like the sacrifice is easy.
2: That, and then you look at like an Annie Thoris daughter and she's been doing it for like 10 years and she had a kid and now she's coming back and doing it and still that good. And yeah, the sacrifices that you make, um, they're incredible, and how they can bounce back and still have the drive to do it. I. That's the most impressive part. But there's definitely some people. Yeah. I just. I don't even.
0: Anybody I, stronger than you is. On steroids, <laughs> <on steroids.
2: laughs> For sure. I think it's hard because people. Well, I've had people ask that, me that yeah. before, and I'm like, uh, "Really? <laughs> Not so much." Yeah.
1: Well, it's people that like have full time jobs, and others like. I don't think people understand how much time you're spending training and like recovering
2: and recovering. We talked about that. That's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. How much time Colt spends training every day. I mean, he's doing three wads a day. He's doing multiple lifts a day, but how much time he spends recovering every night and he's putting more emphasis on sleep now that he's getting a little older. He's not the 20 year old that can do that as much anymore, but, and he spends a lot of time on the mental side of it too. Like he reads books all the time. Loves reading books or listens to podcasts or stuff like that. That's just the one that I know. That's the high level athlete. Um, so he's kind of the one that I look at. I know he's not on anything performance enhancing, and I know that he works his ass off, and that that is his focus. Well, this that, is the farm, and that the, the, the pig pigs farmer. of course, yeah. yes, because he <laughs> farms pigs. Yes, that's why it's impressive, though. Is, yeah. so he. He goes and he works on the farm all day. He's up at 4.30 in the morning and he goes and he works and he tends these pigs and he does farm work all day, stop maybe at noon. And he goes and works out in a, an in unair conditioned unheated garage. He does wall balls in the snow. He does rope climbs from a tree. Like, he is, like, Mentally, it's that's just pretty, badass. Yeah. yeah, right? And then all these other CrossFitters you look at and they're training in a gym in the mm-hmm. same environment all the time. Cole doesn't have music half the time. He doesn't have the environment. There's no one training next to him to push him. And then he goes and he works with the pigs some more. He does this on the farm and then he works out, you know, basically for two, three hours at night, eats dinner. There's his recovery. He goes to bed, does it all over again the next day.
1: It's very strong mentally. It sounds like,
2: yeah, he's a tough ass kid. That's pretty cool. So I'm saying it's, it's yeah. different out there. It's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we yeah, have those yeah. kind of people in Iowa that take farm and, and you're yeah. just,
0: you're, you're responsible for your own shit. So. Yeah. And just do it
2: and the mm-hmm. only one that's going to make you better is you hmm.
0: something's yeah. broke you fix it the sooner <laughs>
2: you accept <laughs> it I guess yeah. <laughs> the better